بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما From the amazing stories of incidents that occurred during the Khilafah of Umar ibn al-Khattab is the story of a man named Nasr ibn Hajjaj as-Silmi. And today, inshallah, we will talk about this amazing story. As we have mentioned before, Umar ibn al-Khattab it was his habit that in the nights he would patrol the streets of Medina. He would go around the streets of Medina personally to see if there are any situations that need his attention, if anyone has any problems, if anyone needs any help. So this was his habit, that he would go around and patrol Medina during the night. So on one of these nights during his patrol, he heard a woman singing some lines of poetry. And this woman, she said, in her song, in her poetry that she was singing, she said, هَلْ مِنْ سَبِيلٍ إِلَىٰ خَمْرٍ فَأَشْرَبُهَا أَوْ مِنْ سَبِيلٍ إِلَىٰ نَصْرِ إِبْنْ حَجَّاجِ And this means, is there any way that I can get some wine to drink? Or is there any way that I can get some time with Nasr ibn Hajjaj? So Umar radiallahu anhu, he heard this woman singing these lines of poetry. She's singing that she wants wine and she wants to be with this man, Nasr ibn Hajjaj. So he was shocked to hear this. What is she saying? And who is she talking about? Who is this man, Nasr ibn Hajjaj? So as she sung those lines of poetry, there was another woman who was with her as well. And this woman asked, who is this Nasr ibn Hajjaj that you sing about? And she said, she replied to this other woman, she said, he is a man who I wish would be with me all night with no one else around. So now Umar is even more shocked. What is she saying? What is she talking about? So he asked around. The next morning he asked around about this man. Who is this man? Nasr ibn Hajjaj. I want to know all about him. So he came to know through his investigation that Nasr ibn Hajjaj, he was known as the most handsome young man in Medina. So he was someone who was very attractive. And women were very attracted to him. So Umar an, he feared that this could be a cause of fitna for the women. That it's not only this woman who was singing about him, who, who was saying these lines of poetry, but he found out through his investigation that many of the women of Medina, they felt the same way. That they're always talking about this guy, Nasr ibn Hajjaj. He's so handsome, he's so attractive. So he was well known by many of the women of Medina. So now Umar he got worried. He didn't want any fitna to occur due to the handsomeness of this man. And the way of Umar ibn Khattab is that he wouldn't wait for a fitna to occur and then fight it. His way was that he would try to destroy the fitna before the fitna even has a chance to appear. Instead of waiting for the fitna to affect the people and then dealing with it, no. If he saw 
that fitna is about to come, that there is a pathway that is open and fitna can come through that pathway, he would close that pathway before the fitna can enter through it. This was the way of Umar ibn Khattab Kind of like the motto, prevention is better than cure. You've heard of that, right? Prevention is better than cure. So this is how Umar used to deal with any types of fitna. That he would rather prevent it than let it come and then try to deal with it. So he feared that this man, the women are talking about him, he could become a fitna for the women of Medina. So he answered to himself the lines of poetry that this woman recited. She said, as you remember, هَلْ مِنْ سَبِيلٍ إِلَىٰ خَمْرٍ فَأَشْرَبُهَا أَوْ مِنْ سَبِيلٍ إِلَىٰ نَصْرٍ Ibn Hajjaji, is there any way that I can get some wine to drink? Or is there any way that I can spend some time with Nasr ibn Hajjaj? So Umar radiallahu he answered these lines of poetry to himself. He said, He said, as long as Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu is alive, then no, you will have no pathway to the wine, nor will you have any pathway to Nasr ibn Hajjaj. He didn't say it to her, but he answered it to himself. All right, so in order to deal with this fitna or this, this possible fitna, Umar radiallahu an ordered for Nasr ibn Hajjaj to be brought before him. I want to meet this person, see him. What is all the talk about? So he ordered for Nasr ibn Hajjaj to be brought in his presence. So when he came in front of Umar radiallahu an, Truly, Nasr ibn Hajjaj was a very handsome man. His face, his features, his hair, everything was very handsome. So, the first step that Umar took to deal with this possible fitna for the women, he ordered for Nasr's head to be shaved. He had beautiful hair, beautiful, nice, long hair. He said, shave his head. Let's get rid of the hair. Let's change his appearance so he won't be as attractive. And perhaps then he will not be a fitna to these women who are singing about him and talking about him. So he ordered for Nasr's head to be shaved. So Nasr, he was sad about this. He didn't want his, his head to be shaved. He loved his hair. But you know, this is the command of Amirul Mu'mineen. So there was nothing he could do about it. So they shaved his head. Now he's bald. But what happened was that after they shaved his head and he became bald, he became even more attractive. He became even more handsome because the, the features in his face became more apparent and more visible and he had a very beautiful face. So now even though he's bald, people are even more attracted to him. The women became even more attracted to him. So Umar said, okay man, we need to do something about this. So he said, <coughs> you have to always wear a turban on your head. You cannot go out without covering your head. So you have to wear a turban. So this was the next command. So he started wearing the turban. And when he started wearing the turban, he became even more handsome. They would see him with this turban and he looked very dignified and very regal. Right? So he became even more handsome. So Umar is seeing that whatever he's doing to change this man's appearance, to make him less attractive, actually he's becoming more attractive. So Umar he became very afraid for the morality of the women of Medina because they're talking about him. They're talking about their attraction to him. So he had to make a very tough decision. He had to make a very serious decision. 
in order to prevent any fitna from happening in Medina. He said to Nasr ibn Hajjaj, he said, لا تساكني في بلدة تتمناك النساء بها Umar radiallahu anhu said to Nasr he said you cannot stay in the same city as me while these women have a desire for you you cannot stay here because the women have a desire for you so I'm going to have to exile you you have to leave Medina so he ordered Nasr Ibn Hajjaj to prepare himself to actually make hijrah from Medina, to leave Medina. And he said, you can leave Medina and you can go to Basra. Basra is in Persia. And by that time, the Muslims had conquered the Persian Empire. So Basra was one of the strongholds of the Muslims. It was under Muslim command and Muslim control. And a number of the Muslims had already settled there. So he said, you have to leave Medina and you can go to Basra and settle over there. And he ordered that Nasr should be taken care of by the government, right? That his food, his supplies, whatever he needs, it's all paid for. All paid for, all paid for by the Baytul Mal. So basically this was an all expense paid mandatory relocation. That you have to leave Medina, but you know, you're going to be taken care of. So when the news spread that An-Nasr ibn Hajjaj is being exiled by Amirul Mu'mineen from Medina, that he has to leave Medina and relocate to Basra. When this news spread around Medina, the original woman who was singing the lines of poetry, where Umar radiallahu anh first heard this name of Nasr ibn Hajjaj, she got scared. She got scared that he's exiling Nasr ibn Hajjaj from Medina, so maybe next he's gonna come after me, maybe I'm going to be punished. So she got afraid and she mentioned that she was just singing. She made it clear that, you know, I was just singing some lines of poetry. It's not that I ever had any intention to actually do anything bad. You know, this was just talk. This was just talk between some women, right? So we're just talking like this. It, it, was, it was never meant to be more than any talk. So please don't take it seriously that we, we were never going to act upon this. So Umar radiallahu he asked around about this woman, like what type of woman is she? He wanted to find out about her. And he was told that she's actually a good woman. She's a modest woman. She's an honorable woman. She covers herself. She does not associate with men. So she's a good woman. But you know, when the women come and talk with each other, sometimes they just talk like this, but they don't really mean anything by it. So he came to know that she's actually a good woman and she was just talking like this. So he said to her, don't worry. I'm not going to punish you or anything. Don't worry, you're safe. And then he told her, and I'm actually not exiling Nasr ibn Hajjaj because of you. Don't think that it's because of you alone. No, I have heard that many of the women of Medina, they are attracted to him. It's not you. It's, it's, it's many of the women. It's not only you. So, so many women are attracted to him. So I want to just close that door of fitna. And you are an honorable woman. You're a pious woman. Everything that I've heard from the people about you, it's all good talk. But not all women are like that. There may be some women who are weak in their faith and they may be tempted, right? So I want to close the door to any of these types of temptations. So that is why I don't want Nasr to stay in Medina, that he has to leave. So now Nasr being forced to leave Medina, he was actually very sad. His family is in Medina, his whole life is in Medina. He was born in Medina, brought up in Medina. That's his city. That's his hometown. 
So he was sad and he didn't want to leave Medina. And he actually begged Umar ibn al-Khattab to let him stay. And he tried to send others to Umar to intercede on his behalf. But Umar he, he firmly stood his ground. No, you cannot stay in Medina. You must leave. So then Nasr, he said to Umar ibn al-Khattab he said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, what you're doing to me, forcing me to leave Medina, it's like you're killing me. Forcing me to leave this city, it's like killing me. And then Umar said, how can you say that? How can you say that making you, you leave and live in another city? How can you say that that's the same thing as killing you? And then Nasr said, don't you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, وَلَوْ أَنَّا كَتَبْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَنِقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ أَوِخْرُجُوا مِنْ دِيَارِكُمْ مَا فَعَلُوهُ إِلَّا قَلِيلٌ مِّنْهُمْ And if it were prescribed upon them to kill themselves or to leave their homes, then only a few of them would do it. So you see here in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned both of these things together. Being killed and leaving the homes. So Allah mentioned it together, so it's similar. So what you're doing to me, forcing me to leave my home, it is like you are killing me. And Umar was actually impressed with his thinking. He said, yeah, I see your point. But I say, I say as the Prophet Shu'aib said to his people, إِنْ أُرِيدُ إِلَّا الْإِصْلَاحَ وَمَا تَوْفِيقِي إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ That all I want is for the situation to be rectified as much as I'm able to do it. And my success only comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm only looking for good for the society. I know that this is painful for you. I know that this is difficult for you. But I, as the ruler, as Amirul Mu'mineen, I have to look at the bigger picture. My main responsibility is towards the society as a whole. So this is why I have taken this decision. So you have to go. You cannot stay in Medina. You must leave. And then Umar radiallahu anh said to him, he said, the allowance that you will get from the treasury, from the Baytul Mal, it will be doubled. Everyone used to get a certain amount and an allowance from the Baytul Mal. All Muslims had a certain allowance from the Baytul Mal so that everyone would be taken care of. So Nasr, he had his allowance too. So Umar said, once you reach Basra, the allowance that you're getting, that you are getting in Medina, it will be doubled. Because I know it's difficult for you to live, to leave your city, you know, and you have to start a new life over there in Basra. So, you know, as a type of compensation for the hardship and difficulty you have to go through by relocating, the amount <coughs> of allowance that you're going to get from the treasury, it will be doubled for you. So he felt for him. He felt that, yeah, I know that this is, this is a hard thing for you to do, but I'm going to try to take care of you as much as possible. But... There is no question that you must leave Medina. You cannot stay in Medina. Umar was very, very firm about that. So now Nasr, in the end, he had no choice. He had to leave Medina. He had to leave Medina, so he left. And he resettled in Basra, as he was commanded to do. So after Nasr resettled in Basra, after some time, one day, Umar ibn Khattab, he was heading to the masjid after the adhan of Salat al-Fajr, to pray the Fajr prayer. So he's going from his home, walking to the masjid, and there was a woman waiting for him on the pathway. Waiting for him. Because she wanted to have some words with him. And it turned out that this woman 
was the mother of Nasr ibn Hajjaj. So she stopped him and she said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, I have some words that I want to say to you. She said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, Wallahi la'aqifanna ana wa anta bayna yadayillahi azza wa jal wa layuhasibannaka Allah wa layuhasibannaka Allah ta'ala yabitu Abdullah ibn Umar wa Asim ibn Umar ila jambik wa bayni wa bayna ibni al-jibal wal-fayafi wal-awdiyya. This woman, she said to Umar radiallahu an, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, Wallahi, I swear by Allah that you and I will stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring you to account for what you have done by separating me and my son. And then she said to him, Your sons, Abdullah ibn Umar and Asim ibn Umar, they sleep by your side at night. They're with you. They stay with you. But as for me and my son, between us, between me and my son are the mountains and the desert and the valleys. So you get to stay with your family, but you separated me from my son. So she was upset. And Umar radiallahu anh, hearing these words, he understood her pain. And he himself was affected by this as well. It was not an easy decision for Umar radiallahu anh, to exile this man. It's not something that he, he took lightly. And he said to her, I understand your pain. I understand what you're going through. But as for my sons, He said basically, as for my sons, yes, they're with me. But the women of Medina are not attracted to my sons. They're not singing poetry about Abdullah ibn Umar and Asim ibn Umar. So it's not the same situation. You can't make a comparison. As for your son, your son is a fitna. He is a trial for the women. And I have to protect my people. I have to protect the society. I have to protect the modesty of the women. So that is why I had to make this decision. So he tried to explain it to her very nicely. And he understood that she was hurting as a mother. That this was difficult for her to be separated from, from, from her son. But he explained his reasoning behind it. After some time, Umar radiallahu anhu, he received a letter from Basra. A letter from Nasr ibn Hajjaj. And in this letter, Nasr ibn Hajjaj basically was appealing to Amir al-Mu'mineen, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, to please, please let him come back to Medina. He was, he was having a hard time settling in this new land in Basra. So he said basically, please let me come back. Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, I didn't commit any crime. I didn't commit any type of act that would cause me to be exiled. I didn't commit any sin. I didn't do any criminal act. But you still exiled me and you separated me from my family. What did I do to deserve this, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen? I'm so lonely in this strange land. It's, it's hard for me to, to be in this new land with these new people. I'm used to Medina. Please let me come back. So when Umar received this letter, he understood the feelings of, of Nasr and he really felt bad for him. But as the leader, as the ruler, as Amir al-Mu'mineen, he had to put the interest of the society over the interest of any one individual. The general benefit, it supersedes any individual benefit. 
and a ruler, he knows this, that the needs of the society as a whole are more important than the needs of any one individual person. So even though he understood the pain of Nasr and he felt bad for him, he wrote back to him and he said, I'm very sorry, you cannot come back to Medina. You cannot come back to Medina. You have to make do and you have to try to, try to make things work in Basra. You have to just stay there. So he had to stay in Basra. And he remained there. Then later on, one of the nights, Umar radiallahu anhu, as usual, he was doing his patrols of Medina, right? And again, he heard a group of women talking. He heard a group of women talking. And one of the women, she said, One of the women addressing the other women asked a question that now that Nasr ibn Hajjaj is gone, now that he's not in Medina anymore, now who is the most handsome man in Medina? So then one of the women answered, she said, Abu Dhib wallah. Wallahi Abu Dhib, now he is the most handsome man in Medina now that Nasr ibn Hajjaj has left. So Umar radiallahu anh heard this and he said, ah, I just got rid of one problem, now another problem has come. Who is this Abu Dhib? So the next morning, he was very upset and he started asking around, I want to know who is this man, Abu Dhib. The women are talking about him now. So the people, they asked around and they found out that who was Abu Dhib? Abu Dhib was the cousin of Nasr ibn Hajjaj. So they had very good DNA, you can say, right? So he was also very handsome. He was brought to Umar radiallahu an, and yes, he was also very, very handsome. And Umar radiallahu an, when he saw him, he said, Anta wallahi dhibuha, anta wallahi dhibuha, anta wallahi dhibuha. That wallahi, you are the wolf for the women. You are the wolf, you are the wolf, right? And then he said to him, Walladhi nafsi biyadih, la tajma'ni bika ardun abada. He said, I swear by the one in whose hand my life is in. I swear by Allah that you and me cannot stay in the same land. You cannot stay in the same land where you are a fitna for the women. The women have started talking about you just like they were talking about your cousin before. So you have to leave. You have, you have to leave Medina. You will be exiled just like Nasr ibn Hajjaj was exiled. And then... Abu Dhib, he asked, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, ma dhambi? He said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, what did I do? What crime did I commit in order to deserve this, that I have to leave Medina? And Umar radiallahu anh said, you didn't do anything. I'm not saying that you committed any crime or that you're guilty of anything, but I cannot have a fitna in Medina. And I fear that if you stay here, you will become a fitna for the women of Medina. So this was the way of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anh, that he would cut off the head of the fitna before the head can even come out. Right? So he said, you have to leave Medina as well. So then Abu Dhib, he said, all right, ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, if I must be exiled, then exile me to the same place where you exiled my cousin. You made my cousin Nasr go to Basra, so send me to the same place as well. Send me to Basra as well. So Umar radiallahu anh, he said, okay, this is okay. And he sent him to Basra as well. So both of them, the two cousins, Nasr ibn Hajjaj and Abu Dhib, they stayed in Basra until Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anh died. They stayed there the whole time. 
right? So this was the keenness of Amir al-Mu'mineen, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu an, to protect the modesty of society. And especially he made sure that he has to protect Medina. Medina is not like other cities. Medina is the city of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it was the, the, the center of Islam. So if, if that city lost its modesty, if the people of that city lost their modesty, then the effects of that would go throughout the Islamic world. So he knew that Medina has to be protected. The people of Medina have to be protected. The modesty of the people of Medina must be protected. They must not be exposed to any type of fitna because any fitna in Medina, it will have a ripple effect throughout the Islamic world. So that is why he exiled these people from Medina and he allowed them to resettle in Basra. Also, we learn a great leadership quality here of Umar ibn al-Khattab that he understood that the benefit of the public is more important than the benefit of an individual that the main responsibility of a ruler is to make sure that his his society is taken care of even if that means that you know one or two people or a few individuals have to suffer for the good of the whole society then those hard decisions must be taken from time to time so umar radiallahu anh, yes he felt bad for nasr it's not like it was something that he wanted to do. It's not like he wanted to kick him out of Medina. But he knew that as a ruler, this is his responsibility to take care of the society at large. So it just shows what a, what a, what a brilliant leader he was and how seriously he took his responsibility as Amir al-Mu'mineen. Protecting his subjects and protecting the society that he has authority over. So this is one of the, one of the stories from the incidents of the life of Umar ibn al-Khattab that, that really highlights his character and it highlights his strength and it highlights his firmness and his resolve even when he had to make difficult decisions and it just shows what a great leader he was. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with Umar ibn al-Khattab and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with all of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ameen. Inshallah we will continue with the biography of Umar ibn al-Khattab next week bi-ithnillah. Jazakumullahu khaira wa barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.